This program is part of Film Geek Radio. Visit filmgeekradio.com for more great shows. This is Agents of Shield Cast, your source for the best analysis of the ABC television series Agents of Shield. With your host, Agent Andrew Johnson. If they can bring back Clark Gregg, maybe they can bring back Ed Norton. That'd be weird. Agent Bibbs Bibiani. I got all my ideas from Mr. Belvedere. Come on. Agent Gwen Reyes. Anybody that's not a huge Joss Whedon fan just really needs to pack up their whole life and move to another continent. And Agent Rod Morrow. I feel like someone just ran into your room and gave you a wedgie and then ran back out. They are the Strategic Homeland Intervention, Enforcement, and Logistics Division Critical Analysis Strike Team, a.k.a. The Shield Cast. Agents Assemble. This is episode number 18 of the Agents of Shield Cast. This is Film Geek Radio's weekly podcast devoted exclusively to discussion of the ABC TV series Marvel's Agents of Shield. I'm Agent Andrew Johnson, and I'm joined by my fellow members of the Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement and Logistics Division Critical Analysis Strike Team, aka the Shield Cast. First up, she is a writer for RealVixen.com and a member of the Television Critics Association, Agent Gwen Reyes. Hey, everybody. How you doing, Gwen? Pretty good. I'm uh, settled in Dallas after a whirlwind weekend in Austin for South by Southwest, and I am so excited to talk about last night's episode. Are you building an army of men with the power of your voice? I should be. You should. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and if they don't listen to me, I'll just touch their, their shoulders. <laughs> that Yeah, that's the key right there. <laughs> Next up, he is an all-around comics enthusiast and the founder of the Black Guy Who Tips podcast network, Agent Rod Morrow. Yo, what's up, y'all? How you doing, Rod? Uh, pretty great, man. Glad to be here. Are you a yes man? Uh, certain ladies do have an effect on me. Okay. Okay. <laughs> You're supposed to say yes with my wife. <laughs> yes, man. <laughs> oh, unfortunately, Agent Bibbs once again could not be with us today. Something about a press junket for some little movie about a soldier in the wintertime. I don't know all the details. But uh, anyway, he, he's away covering some little small independent film like that. So unfortunately, he can't be with us today. But uh, we are the S.H.I.E.L.D. cast. We strive to take both an enthusiastic and critical approach to Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So there's a little something for everyone. As always, you can email us at shieldcast at filmgeekradio.com and you can access all of our episodes by subscribing to us on iTunes or Stitcher. If you like the show, please leave us a review. That really helps us out a lot. And if you leave us a positive review, we will make you an honorary member of the team. We also have a voicemail line at 336-793-2509, so you can call and leave us some feedback there. This show is being recorded live at Spreecast.com. To receive updates on when we're going to be recording live, just search for Agents of Shieldcast with all of the periods in there and sign up to be alerted for whenever we do a live recording. You can also follow film underscore geek underscore radio on Twitter or any of us on Twitter for information on when we're going to be recording live, and we will give out those handles at the end of the show. Before we get started... Rod, I heard we have a new honorary member to induct into the team. <clears throat> this is correct. We have a new five-star review on iTunes. If you submit a review, you become an honorary member of the uh, uh, the Shield cast. Today's member is Amity Gamer. Amity Gamer writes uh, comedic, comedic and informative five stars. Great show that not only provides entertainment, capitalized, but also insight on the show from someone's perspective that has read the comics, which is great for those of us who haven't. Also, nice to have a podcast that talks in depth about this week's episode to people who have watched it instead of trying to talk about it and avoiding spoilers like so many other shows. If you haven't watched a show, don't look up a podcast that talks about it. 
all capital locks and three exclamation points. That person is very loud. <laughs> they do not like that. Just saying like it is. <laughs> that is a good point. I don't know why. It, okay. I could understand if you're if you want to check out like general TV podcasts that are just like, oh hey, here's some new shows coming out. Here's what we thought and whether or not you should watch them and we're not gonna spoil anything. I understand that, but if you want to hear about a specific show and you're going to listen to a podcast all about that show every week, you should just assume that there's going to be spoilers. I don't know why there would be a podcast out there talking about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. every week that would not discuss spoilers. That doesn't make much sense. We'll just start using like cryptic acronyms from now on, just like the show does. So guys, in this episode, there was a, there was a lady, if you know what I mean. There was a, there was a cameo by a lady. Came <laughs> down. Uh, yeah. And she did some stuff right. with some people. Yes. <laughs> All right, Rod. Who wrote that review? Uh, Amity Gamer. Amity Gain- Gamer. Okay. Well, welcome to the team. Uh, I'm trying to think what position we need to fill. I think what we really need, Rod, is we need an expert chemist who can come up with an antidote to uh, these these love potions and these this love magic and sorcery. We need some sort of antidote for that. Uh, yeah, I so, think so. The thing is, uh, we don't know if that's magic or science, so we just need something. Right, something that we can just drink, and it makes us impervious to feminine wiles <laughs> and charms. Good luck with that, gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> Not sure that's ever going to happen. We're pretty All tricky, right. us ladies. I'm also, I also think if we invented it, nobody would drink it. Yeah, they'd be like, no, thank you. Do not want. Nope, nope. Do you have something for the opposite? Right. <laughs> let's have that. <laughs> All right. Well, let's dive into this week's episode. Today, we're going to be discussing episode 15 of season one of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. The episode is titled Yes Men. It was written by Shalisha Francis and directed by John Tur- Turleski. Agent Rod Morrow, why don't you go ahead and remind our listeners what happened this episode? Or Gwen, if you have it. Either one. Well, Gwen has it, so I'll take it. Thank you. <laughs> So in uh, last night's episode of Yes Men, uh, while Sky recovers, the team sets to find and stop an Asgardian seductress by the name of Lorelai. For that, they will need the help of Sif, one of Thor's most trusted allies. I would say that's fairly accurate. Pretty yeah, accurate. Yeah, that's pretty straightforward on that one. For Agents okay. of S.H.I.E.L.D., that's pretty accurate. Yes, yes. All of the things in that description happened. Right. All right. Well, Rod, what did you think of this week's episode? Oh, man, I loved it. Loved it. Knocked it out of the park. I was really nervous about this, but um, uh, Lady Sif stayed the whole, like Jamie Alexander stayed the whole time and was interested and, and all in and didn't uh, didn't phone it in. So I was blown away, man. I, I thought this is what the show uh, has been leading up to, and they fulfilled a lot of potential with this episode. Gwen, what did you think? <laughs> I completely agree. I think this was probably my favorite episode of the season. And I think it might be because it was a very straightforward episode and we're still kind of dealing with like Coulson and Sky and and their and his whole issue of kind of of dealing with the fact that he found out that the blue goo was was coming from an alien life form. But I thought that bringing in Lady Sif to to take on Lorelai and all of those elements, I just thought this episode was so, so entertaining, so good. I wasn't, I didn't check my phone for the whole hour. So I thought that, that was a really good indicator of a, of an excellent, an excellently executed episode. Mm. Well, that was really hard. All those words to say. <laughs> and I want, I want Jamie Alexander to be on the show all the time. She was so good. 
Yeah, I like the fact that this is an episode when they finally took a character that we're, that we're familiar with and didn't just give them a cameo. They actually made Sif a really important part of the episode. That was very, very refreshing. Also, Rod, I was thinking of you throughout this episode because as soon as you know everything starts happening with Ward, where he gets turned evil... And then he reveals that he's in love with someone else on the team, presumably Sky. I was just thinking, man, Rod is going to love this because Rod loves it when things get soapy and melodramatic and messy. It was so messy, man. It was so good. Like, it was better than I had hoped for um, because I just thought it was going to get messy between uh, Ward, May, and then uh, Lorelai. Because even in the trailer, it looks like she takes over may and you're like okay i mean takes over ward and you're like well that's gonna cause issues but then they throw that curveball where she's like uh he has feelings for someone on the team but it's not you and it's like oh man who could it be maybe we are gonna get some ward sky action um you know or maybe it's simmons you guys keep thinking you guys keep forgetting about the dark horse of simmons i i hope it's simmons i i really want it to be simmons that would be awesome yeah, I just won't let myself hope that hard is is all, you know. I, I mean, I hope you're right, Gwen, but I'm, you know, uh, hopefully that happens. But, yeah, it was because even when uh, War turned um, Sky down in the episode where they show he's about to go into the room with, with May, he doesn't seem to turn her down, like, out of, like, spite or I don't like you. It was just kind of like you're a little too nice for everything that I'm into, you know? <laughs> So, um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed all that uh, love triangle stuff. Um, and Lorelai was a really good character to help bring that out. They also brought up um, some of the uh, inner turmoil between Lady Sif and Thor in mm-hmm. the um, in the Thor movie, man, which was really you know a really cool um, thing because I watched that whole movie and uh, I was thinking this side story almost looks like there's more to it, and they just didn't do it. Like maybe they cut something out, left it on the edit- editing room floor, but. It was obvious that there should have been a love triangle between um, Lady Sif, Thor, and um, uh, I forget the other name, lady's name, Jane something? Yeah, Jane. Yeah, and it, and it never really got that way, right? So, But then this is a great way to give those kind of characters that are B-list characters in these movies their own like stories and plot lines uh, on another TV show where you get an hour to dedicate to it, and now I, I thought it was really well done. Yeah, I agree with you. I, as you, as you know, Rod, I was not a big fan of Thor: The Dark World. I hated that movie. I felt like there was so much stuff in that movie that probably just got left on the cutting room floor, and things just really didn't flow well together. And that was one of those things. You know, they they build up this potential relationship between Thor and Sif, and then he kind of gets sidetracked with Natalie Portman and Sif in Thor: The Dark World. She's barely even there. Um, and I like how they used Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to kind of fill in some of those gaps. I think that's what they need to be doing with this show is if, if they ever have stuff that they have to cut out of the movies or if there's things that aren't quite adequately explained in the movies, make up for that on the show. Um, so I agree with you. I'm really, really glad that they did that. And Terry in the chat is pointing out that Ward might not be Simmons type. Uh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> She, you know, once you go black, you never go back. Right, right. So. She's been. Uh, She's had two crushes on on two handsome black fellas. So yeah. I kind of agree on that. And and when wasn't she kind of checking out Mike Peterson? Yeah, too? yeah, yeah. Yeah, she checked him yeah. out with his shirt off, and then she checked out uh, that trip triplet dude. Uh, 
She might not be down with uh, Simmons. We'll have to see. Yeah. But Triplett's so handsome. Bring him back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was kind of disappointed that Bill Paxton wasn't in this episode. Apparently, he's off taking care of everything with Deathlock and looking more into that, which I guess is good. I guess from a writing perspective, that means that whenever they decide to b- bring Deathlock back, Bill Paxton and Triplett can get, just show up again and be like, oh, hey, we figured it out. Here's what's going on with Deathlock, blah, 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 and then set it up for whatever needs to happen. But yeah, I kind of missed them this episode. I wish that they had been around. Well, there was a lot going on in this one, um, despite all that. Like, I also thought that um, it was cool that they, like, kind of revisited the whole um, Coulson is very upset about all the secrets, and he's trying to track down Fury and get all these answers, and Sky doesn't care about that shit. Like, she's totally got a completely different view on the, having her life saved, on S.H.I.E.L.D. having secrets, um... She's just like, look, man, we're lucky to be alive. What's the problem? Okay, let's talk about Sky for a sec. Because you called it, Rod. You predicted that she would be totally cruel with this alien goo thing. And while I can see that, I can, I can buy it that she would be completely fine with it. There is a part of me that is just thinking, really? You would be that optimistic? Really? Like, what is your line, Sky? At what point do you put your foot down and say, okay, I'm, I'm thankful that I'm alive, but this is still a little shady and we need to look into it? Like, like w- what is the line there? What are they going to have to do for Sky to start to trust S.H.I.E.L.D. a little less? It's funny because her character arc, she went from the person that trusted S.H.I.E.L.D. the least. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, and now she's completely like, it doesn't matter. You guys are my family. Whatever. I'm an 084. You're an 084. We're all 084s. Give me the drugs. So um, yeah. she seems cool about it. It's kind of like she, in a way, is blinded by her love of her new family. Like, but and I and it's kind of sad because you wouldn't think that that character would be as desperate as she is, but she really has been revealing herself as this very lost desperate soul of a girl who wasn't necessarily looking for love in a romantic sense but in an actually familiar sense Mm -hmm. and she got it i mean she got pretty much has a family and so anything that happens to her she's just like okay let's just go with it well yeah she clearly has it did we lose andrew i think we may have lost andrew oh no andrew just couldn't take it andrew uh he's so disappointed yeah he's uh he just he's very upset about the way that uh, everything went with sky but uh, yeah, I thought that that her taking it light was kind of cool, um, and I guess maybe her and, and uh, Colson can learn from each other, or Phil, son of Cole, as he's called by. Uh, I loved that so much. <laughs> it reminded me of Tron Legacy when they kept calling him when they kept calling Garrett Hudlin son of Flynn. Yes, and I was like, yes. Another thing, what do you think about Lorelai as a, a villain of the week uh, bad guy? I really enjoyed her. And it was interesting because they, they did such a nice job of fleshing her character out that you almost kind of wonder if she will pop up in the either in the cinematic universe again or if she might be coming back on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Because I think that she fits in as a big bad in a very interesting way. Also, like if her power was powerful enough to affect Thor and all of this stuff, um, you know, maybe they'll have a role for her in a movie or two or something like that. But um you know, even without it, or even if she just can come back on this show or mm-hmm. something else, I'll be cool with that. Um, uh, I also enjoyed her because uh, she was kind of a fun villain. 
Um, yeah. Even like, and even though she was badass, like she could fight, she slapped dudes around. Um, you know, <laughs> when she told but she did, guy, she had like a really great sense of humor. Yeah, she told the one guy, "We'll be together to the end." And uh, <laughs> she's like, "This is the end," and slaps the shit out of him. Um, so great. Yeah, I love that part. Um, so uh, I, I love that she got the Sons of Anarchy motorcycle guy to kill his own wife. I was like, "Wow, this is yeah. crazy." She's so twisted, and then she only like she gets more jealous, or like, like she wants she only wants the guy more when he's taken. Mm-hmm. You know, who do you prefer? You prefer her to me? It's like, of course not. I hate that bitch. It's like, wow. <laughs> like, that's your wife, dude. What are you doing? I'm going to kill just her. like, now. well, I just am just going with the potion. Right. Uh, it's cool, too, because the people don't become like um, zombies. They, they like maintain all of their uh, wit about them, but they're just it, her thralls, you know, and uh, listening to like Ward when he's like, well, I know you don't care about me anymore. You care about those bikers. And you're going to get rid of me the first chance you got, get, but I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was great when Sif was explaining it, that they all retain their own consciousness, but they can't control their, like, basic sort of uh, instinct, sexual instincts. And I thought that was a really kind of, it must be really, as an actor, it must be really kind of fun to play both of those to kind of dip into a different kind of character while still retaining the same one. Yeah. Um, another thing I took from the beginning of this, Ward was now saying that he blames Mike Peterson, a.k.a. Deathlock, for what happened to Scott because he just stood there and let it happen. And uh-huh. I remember two episodes ago, which is uh, about three months ago, he said uh, he said that he, he he didn't say who, but he just said that he blames the person responsible for, for Scott getting shot and not her. And they kind of zoomed in on Colson. I wonder yeah. if the whole time was he talking about Mike Peterson possibly? I, I guess so, because I thought that was confusing too, because I thought that he really did mean Colson. And then when he brought up the whole Mike Peterson thing, I was like, wait, what? I'm so confused now. <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, it was like, so I guess we're mad at him. Like, I guess when you show up and see he's been controlled. Oh, and May says a line at that point that is really um, foreshadowing. When she says, um, when someone's being controlled, it's really hard to tell friend from foe. Um, yeah. And later in the episode, we find out that she's like monitoring Colson. Apparently, she's got bugs in the uh, the bus, and um, she's reporting back to someone who I'm assuming it's someone to do with Shield because she introduced herself as Agent May Log ninety three. Colson knows. I repeat, Colson knows or something like that. Mm-hmm. So. I wonder Which was such a great it was a great throwback to the first episode when we had um, Colby Smolder's character kind of saying, "Oh, I hope he, you know he can never find out." So that mm-hmm. was an interesting sort of book ending of reminding us that there's there is sort of consequences for Colson knowing about his his awakeness now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was interesting because the other thing is like you know if she is she being controlled is she being controlled by Shield is she. You know, it's, has she been pumping him for information all this time? Apparently, she's made 93 entries at this point uh, about whatever's going on with the bus and going on with Colson. So, um, yeah, it was, you know, it was like, I can't, you know. And then also, I didn't see that coming. Like, completely, yeah. you know, like, what? Melinda May, no, you're part of the family. So let me think what else happened in this episode. But it kind of, exp- mm-hmm. it's actually kind of believable for Melinda because she's always been very 
separate. She's always been very like, I'm keeping myself out. I don't want to get to know you. She's been very reserved with the whole group. I think it would have been really surprising if it had been Fitz or Simmons. Mm, that's true. That's true. Because yeah. she's always been very much like keeping everybody at an arm's length. Yeah, she even says like, I mean, like her whole thing has been like protocol above all else. And like she'll, she's really about getting things done, but she's always the person that's on Colson's back. Like, hey, we're not doing this thing correctly. Or you sure Mm -hmm. you want to do that? You know, and so maybe this is, uh, you know, I I feel like whenever this is revealed, because I'm sure it'll be revealed that she's some type of snitch. I think uh, we're going to see that she's trying to help. Like she's not here to to hurt Colson. Yeah, maybe, or maybe she's talking to Jean-Luc Picard. Maybe that's what it is. That could she's be. just doing a captain's log. <laughs> Stardate. Um, <laughs> the other thing, too, is um, I enjoyed the lady-centricness of this episode. Mm. Um, you know, with Sif, like, beating the shit out of uh, the Sons of uh, Anarchy. Uh, that was cool. Um, even Lower Lie um, as the big bad and the fight they have where they break the double bladed sword in half and fight each one fights with a half of the sword. I enjoyed all that. Uh, Melinda May, you know, as a badass. Like I, I, I kind of uh, was digging the the, the ladies uh, taking center stage in this episode. Yeah, kind of showing them that they're just as tough and just as strong as all the you know the men that they work with. And it's interesting because. I found this episode to also be a very an interesting feminist sort of statement because I felt like they were definitely trying to showcase the women, but also at the same time allowing uh, the, or this interesting conversation about how women operate versus men. Like the whole thing is that Lorelai's powers don't work on women. Mm-hmm. only works on men and so it's like that that was a very interesting thing of the only people that could really beat Lorelai are women. Right. Yeah, and um, also um, Melinda May tries to to step to Lorelai and gets the shit knocked out of her. So she she's did. she's still as guardian. Um, so that like for a second I was like, oh, Melinda May is gonna fight to prove her love, and love is gonna con- oh, never mind. She no. she just got. And the thing too is I just am not I don't buy that Melinda and Ward are ever gonna be more than just like friends with benefits. Yeah. Like I just I can't buy their their love affair. And I think it's because of you know, it's not that they aren't two beautiful people shacking up. I just think that the the two actors just don't allow their chemistry to kind of come out because the characters are so structurally written that they don't really get time to kind of canoodle for lack of a better word. Well, and Clark Gregg mislead well, I guess kind of misdirects us when he goes, um, I know that you said that you don't have feelings for Ward, but I also know that you would never tell me if you did. Yeah. So it was like, oh, okay, well, maybe so she does like him. And then that last scene where she basically, uh, he's trying to apologize um, for, you know, the whole Lorelai situation, uh, which is funny because um, only because that's a dude is it okay yeah. to be like, yeah, you were kind of um, mind raped uh, by this lady, but oh, it's it's cool. Like you know how it is, bro. Up top, um, <laughs> and he's you know he's kind of apologizing. I'm like, you might want to get counseling or something. This seems uh, pretty invasive. What she did to you, and uh, she was basically like, we don't even need to talk about it. I told you I don't have feelings for you. You can get out now. Yeah, so that's why I'm so confused. And it's interesting, too, because I think that May and Coulson have a really nice chemistry. Like, I could see them 
if we are fortunate enough to get more seasons of this show, I could see the two of them having a very nice romance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like because uh, there's always like this buddy buddy relationship, and now, but now that we have the snitching. I'm wondering, like, is it really chemistry or is it her pumping him for, inf- for information? Mm, so that makes a lot of sense, which is then funny because in the um, the like sneak peek for next, we're not next week's up, but for whenever the next episode is going to be, mm-hmm. uh, May has to kind of like be like, it's not what you think it is. Yeah. So, yeah, and that then, that's also something to think about too. She also like I don't know like because um, Lorelai. Try most of the time her voice is good enough to get guys to do what she says, but uh-huh. occasionally there's a guy strong enough to resist, and this rat that touches his arm. So that that ward was that guy. He was like, "I'm not listening. I'm not listening." Oh, you touched my arm. What do you want me to do? Well, there's a scene at the end where May is trying to convince Colson that to tell her what's bothering him, and she's like, "Well, if you won't tell me, maybe you should tell Scott." And she touches his arm the same way Lorelai does. And then he goes and does it. And I was thinking like, wow, like men are stupid. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Y'all win again. (laughs) I wouldn't say men are stupid. I think men are just susceptible in television worlds. Um, I don't know. I I feel like we're pretty stupid. Um, she, uh, which was also a funny scene where, um, after, uh, Fitz is compromised, uh, who was really funny moments this week as the, uh, bumbling, uh, trying to, I don't know, kidnap, lock down the ladies. The, I thought, and uh, how he gets tricked by Colson into thinking that they're bo- both under the spell or whatever. Yeah. I thought he was really funny this week. Um, but there's a moment where they cut, uh, Colson goes to talk to Sky, and they cut in mid uh, mid uh, conversation between Simmons, Sky, and Fitz. And Simmons is just like, look, men are just weak that way. I'm not saying all men. Like, I'm not saying you're weak. I'm saying all men. It's just, <laughs> it's just like conversation over with. But I, I thought that was really cool. Yeah. And then and then you like pair that with the the scene where Fitz is just like, isn't Lorelai the best? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, Cree, uh, they did bring up the fact that uh, they named like six or seven different races that the blue person mm-hmm. thing could have been and Cree did come up that was one of the ones that I said last week I don't know all those other ones I didn't think it was a frost giant I mean we've seen those in the Thor movie and they don't look like this I hope it's Cree man they just you know that was the one I took notice of um but uh she Lady Sif also said none of those aliens had ever been to earth so maybe we're looking at some new weird uh, or they just don't know maybe there's like an underground railroad for blue aliens right (laughs) right they just show up to earth the promised land and uh Mm -hmm. um there was one that they mentioned that i was like confused because i thought it was a doctor who character (laughs) yeah she named like six things so fast i was just like uh okay didn't hear that one okay heard of that one What, what was that you know uh lady sif knows how to operate shields tech because apparently it's like uh antiquated so uh Which, which, you know, coming from a warrior who fights with a sword and a shield, it felt like, really? You know, like, wow, uh, apparently Asgard's so high tech, they're low tech now, you know? Yeah, exactly. They're like so over the top that they're just back to, because I mean, remember when the, something happened and she was, I think she got shot at, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. And she was, she just had like her armor on and it just like balanced off like it was rubber. Yes. I love that scene. She got shot with a shotgun from point blank range. And she just looked annoyed. 
She did. She just looked so pissed like there was a bug on her. She's like, really? Yeah, now you have to go out the window. I like this place. And Stupid just, humans. <laughs> she beat the hell out of those guys, and I enjoyed all, I enjoyed all the fight choreography uh, this scene. I don't know if they stepped it up or not, but um, it appears they have. Think yeah, I, we should just... So basically what we're telling is that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. needs to become the Lady Sif show. Yeah, I'd be cool with that. Give her her own spinoff show. Lady Sif just going around with the sword and the shield fighting in 2014 um, mm-hmm. people. <laughs> Agents of Asgard. There you go. Nice. Agents of Asgard. And that means we might get Loki back. Also, guys, we didn't talk about that. My my boyfriend Loki got name checked. He did. So I was very excited about that. Yeah, they said uh, oh, he's from Asgard. So therefore, it's the allies like Loki's from Asgard. Everybody's like, ooh, yeah, I forgot about him. So, That's what uh, Loki fears is being forgotten. Um, there's another scene in here that I thought was interesting where May and uh, and 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 Sif are kind of sharing the experience of having their men uh, basically uh, enchanted by this lady at some point. And mm-hmm. Lady Sif's like, he will kill you. So, you know, don't take it personal. She's like, he won't kill me. And she says, don't get emotional. And she's like, no, I mean, he won't kill me. Like, I, I won't let him. But yep. l- later in the movie... I mean, in the, in the episode, she kind of does let him, you know, like try to kill her. You know, she gets the bullets out of the gun, but she let him pull that trigger. It was pretty, uh, pretty close. It's like she, maybe she has an insurance policy <laughs> that only works. It's like double indemnity only if she gets shot by her coworker. <laughs> Friendly fire. Maybe that's what it is. All right. Well, maybe she can get Coulson fired through oh, that process. See, every, that's, the, that's the thing. Everyone needs to have the blue goo in them. Gross. They're I just out of, myself out with that one. They're out of, the, they're out of that stuff, though, because uh, they were trying to oh, like, yeah. retroactively make it through Sky, Sky's blood, and uh, it didn't work. So it's like I don't know if they can even do it. Yeah, I guess that's true, because then they blew them up. But maybe there's more blue aliens out there. Maybe S.H.I.E.L.D. has a whole, or the S.H.I.E.L.D. contractors have a whole other underground lab that we don't know about. Maybe, maybe, man. But they couldn't, They apparently, whatever is in Sky's blood, there's no trace of it. That's why they kept taking her blood. Um, so there's no more, I guess, that we know of, no more blue goo out. So mm-hmm. next, per- next person gets shot, it's going to be pretty... Uh, pretty important uh, that you uh, try it's not like to. in harry potter when they ran out of time turners it's just yeah. nothing you can do all right man i'm trying to think is there anything else that we missed um i'm sure there's something i'm, I'm not i'm not missing uh i'm not thinking of but uh, it was a bit, i think what was great about this episode in general is that it was just such a very straightforward episode like the a plot was so simple you know sif coming in trying to stop lorelei that it allowed for a lot of layers to kind of come out that we haven't really seen on the show. Like the episodes have been trying Coulson to be very. Oh, go ahead. Andrew. Where is Andrew? I, I think he might have a delay on his sky. I think his power went out uh, behind the scenes guys. His power went out and now he's using Skype on his phone, which is not that reliable for a certain phone companies. So, uh, I don't know what's going on with Andrew. He, uh, apparently, Poor Andrew. Yeah. Uh, but you were saying, I mean, you can go ahead if you want. <laughs> oh, about the A and the B plot. I just, I think that, that allows, like, we've, we've seen a show have a lot of, like, strong-ish A plots, and then, st- like, sometimes it just gets really confusing. I, I just thought this episode was so nice and straightforward that it allowed for, you know, resolution, but 
a little bit of questioning between like Ward and May's relationship, bringing up some new internal trauma, which is what we really need. We need a little bit more internal drama. There hadn't really been anything ever since they decided to get rid of the whole sky and the rising tide situation. It's like there was lacking that little inner turmoil. So now it's nice to have the May, maybe, maybe not um, as a snitch. And then Coulson and Sky kind of bonding, but then Sky just being like, whatever, I'm cool with it. Who do you think Coulson was talking about when he says, we need to go after who's responsible for this kind of pointing at Sky's wounds? I think I, w- I was thinking the Oracle. Okay, the clairvoyant? Yeah, sorry, the clairvoyant. Sorry. It's, it's all good. <laughs> Matrix reference. Yeah, I, I think so too, man. I, I was thinking that too. Um, but I was wondering, since May couldn't see them, if she's thinking it's Nick Fury. Oh, so that would be really interesting. Yeah, they think that he makes this big speech and it's all like, "Damn the rules! We're gonna go after this, that, and other. We're gonna find who's responsible for this." And mm-hmm. I'm like, "Oh, I can see how someone could hear that and think something totally different." Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, apparently, uh, Andrew's new theory he's saying this in the chat. Andrew's near theory uh, theory is that. Um, Maybe the clairvoyant is the rising tide that's going to be... Wait, what was rising tide? Wasn't rising tide the original thing? Yeah, it was the original bad that they kind of just dropped that she was like a part... It was the, the hacking group. Okay. So that they just dropped They just dropped that issue because it was kind of boring. Yeah, maybe it's like Centipede or something. Yeah. See, I always... I kind of liked that. I liked the idea of... of like they're being sort of like a double agent on the, on the bus. Like I feel like there still needs to be that double agentness. Yeah. Another thing too, man, before anybody feels sad for Rooster, he was trying to hit on Lorelai even before she enchanted him. And he has a mm-hmm. wife. He had a wife, guys. Okay. He yeah. had a wife the whole time. That dude was a pure loser. All right. Yeah, I f- he was a loser. I feel bad for the first guy because he was just trying to celebrate his honeymoon. He got he looked Medusa in the eyes and got turned into mush. <laughs> yeah, and then gets yeah, then he gets slammed over a car. So it's like, Jesus, man, really bad honeymoon for that guy. Yeah. Um, and I'm assuming they have to get a divorce now. All right, man. Uh, I know Gwen has to get out of here. Uh, I don't know what's going on with Andrew. We have a couple questions in the chat. Uh, Andrew, are you there? Poor Andrew. Oh, Andrew. Oh. I feel so bad for him. He must be like, I wonder if he's like screaming. <laughs> yeah. He says, I'm screaming inside. Um, Andrew, if you put your phone number in the chat, I can call your phone if you would rather do that. So can everybody else. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, no, well, nobody will see it if you put it in the Skype chat. So if you put it in the Skype chat, I can call you on your phone. Um, and uh, if not, um, well, uh, I guess I'll answer these questions and then get out of here. Gwen, uh, you want to tell everybody where they can find you? Absolutely. Uh, well, you guys can find me at realvixen.com and redcarpetcrash.com. I was at South by Southwest this weekend, so I'll have um, an interview up with Nicolas Cage from the movie Joe, David Gordon Green's new film, as well as a review of Neighbors. And um, you can also find me on Twitter forward slash Real Vixen. All right, cool. Well, thank you, Gwen. Uh, go Thanks, Rod. I'll, I'll be back next week. Yep, go enjoy it. I'm going to try to ha- tackle the rest of this by myself. I believe in you. Yay! That's don't one let, of us. Don't, let's, don't let uh, Lorelai tell you any different. All right, um, I won't. You have a good day. <laughs> I'll talk to you guys later. All right, man. Let's. Uh, we got a couple emails, everybody, so let's talk about those. Um, I'm sure everybody wants to know uh, what 
the the people who emailed us had to say. Um, we got one from uh, Michael B. Conway. He says, "Hey, agents, you know there's another famous race of blue people in the Marvel universe, Atlanteans. If we could get some Submariner up in this joint, that would be awesome." Tahiti, uh, he says, which is the uh, acronym from last week, and they never explained what the acronym meant so he came up with his own his own uh, ac- his own expl- explanation for the acronym tahiti is the atlantean human intravenous treatment initiative mm, i like your uh, i like your initiative mike that's what i like uh, another great episode of the show and the podcast thanks solid Muldoon. well thank you so much mike you know it would be interesting if it wasn't at atlantean you know they did cut off the bottom half of his feet i mean of his torso so we can't really tell like what his feet are because i think atlanteans have like those weird like like flippery looking things on their feet that look kind of like wings or whatever although no more no more is is just a regular looking white dude other than the ears and the the thing on his feet so like are some atlanteans blue and some like white and if so is there like an inner like racial discourse between that like i wonder how that works um but uh, yeah, maybe it's an Atlantean, man. That's a good good call. Good call. Thomas writes in. I'm going to call Andrew back here. Andrew? Hey. Hey, man. All right, cool. Got you back, man. I'm just answering the emails right now. Um, All right. So, uh, I mean, but we can. I can stop if you need to add anything that we skipped over because you didn't get a chance to add some stuff. Did you go over any emails at all? I went over the first one. Uh, the first one was... About the blue goo, but and it was asking, right. could it be Atlanteans potentially? That is the race of blue people that they're take or the blue person that they're taking this goo from, um, and it's possible. You know, I haven't seen any Atlanteans. Uh, I didn't know that they were blue. Like they were like I've seen the regular white colored ones, but. Uh, they got some blue ones down there, then maybe that explains a lot. Well, you said last week they might be Cree, and that was one of the options that Lady Sif threw out. So. Maybe you're right. Yeah, she also said that none of those aliens had ever visited Earth. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But this show has a routine. Hey, this thing's never happened until now, you know, so. Yeah. Maybe they have, and she just doesn't know. All right, well, what other emails do we get? All right, so this one is uh, it's about Yes Men. It says, hey, Shieldcast, if magic in this universe is supposed to be science that we don't understand, what's the scientific explanation for Lorelai's powers and Thor's ability to call his hammer? Oh, well, I know the scientific explanation for her powers. She's really hot. Mm, yeah, that does. There you go. I've seen ladies do do that at the bar. Yep. Without paying for a tab. Uh, with May acting as a double agent, hopefully for Fury, and Simmons standing up to Coulson, I have a feeling the team is going to going down a divided road. Uh, well, Simmons does stand up to Coulson because he won't let her... Uh, try to generate that or send Sky's blood to the shield lab to look at because he's like, I don't think you understand how dangerous this shit is. Apparently they were trying, you know, two people died just to keep this a secret, like leave it alone. Uh, as agents of shield continues, it's quite evident that Samuel Jackson will have to make a few guest appearances in season two. He says, is that apparent to you? Um, I don't know if he'll, if he'll be in season two, I think he definitely needs to make another appearance by the end of season one. 
because clearly Coulson is upset. He's got questions that need answering, and Nick Fury is the only person who can answer them. So I really think there's a strong possibility we will see Samuel L. Jackson again this season, possibly in the season finale, if not before then. Yeah, me too. I feel like he has to show up this season because they're making a huge deal of looking for him. But I don't know that he needs to like be a you know some type of recurring thing for next season. Um, Ward needs to become a number two for a lead villain. Ward wasn't as boring when he was Lorelai's slave. <laughs> I agree. I think that it'd be pretty cool if Ward, for whatever reason, either because he's manipulated or because he stops agreeing with Coulson's decisions, I think it would be interesting if Ward became an obstacle for the team. Yeah, he wasn't holding back, man. Like, that fight between him and May was epic. Like, glasses breaking and shattering. Like, people flipping each other. Guns to people's heads. Like, he made a pretty good foe. Um, Is it just me or did the drama for Ward and May, from the Ward and May fight, fall flat because there was no emotional investment in their relationship? I thought it was okay. Yeah, it was all right with me, too. Like, I mean, there doesn't need to be an emotional investment necessarily because their relationship doesn't appear to be very very emotional. It's mainly sexual. Yeah, and it didn't fall flat because he still was trying to kill her. So, you right. know, like the ultimate goal was she would be dead whether they were in love or not. Um, although it did make it actually kind of made it more interesting to me because... Then I wanted to see what the fallout was, and May seemed to be very distant after that. Like, no, I don't even care. Get out of here. Um, going by what Ward said to Sky at the top of the episode and Lorelai's reveal about Ward to May, it seems the writers are going back to the Ward and Sky romance. I see that road leading to a black hole of boredom. A black hole of boredom? I think we just discovered the main obstacle the team is going to have to face in season two. <laughs> Yeah, the more that Ward and Sky start uh, being romantic, the more a black hole of boredom uh, just gets bigger and bigger. Yep, yep. Uh, yeah, I really don't want them to go down that route. I want to see Ward and Simmons. I want to see Ward and Fitz. You know, something something interesting, something we wouldn't expect. I think it's, it's a good baseline relationship, right? Like, this is the relationship they hold over our heads and it just never happens or there's always someone getting in the way or they're always afraid to express their feelings. Like, I think that would be good because you can kind of drag that out um, rather than just a straight up, they're holding hands next week, you know? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, Let's see. Jamie Alexander was excellent in this episode. Marvel needs to consider doing a Sif solo film or pairing her up with with other female heroes in a film. Uh, she was really good. I did feel like she was almost a class above everyone else in the episode. And she made the episode feel more epic because she took it so serious. And um, I and, and I really enjoyed it, man. Like, I, you know, I know it's too much to hope for, but it would be really cool if they could do this with a lot of different, you know, B-level characters from the actual shows. It sounds like Thomas wants the female Expendables for the Marvel Universe. <laughs> yeah. Right, Melinda May, and uh, we can get Scarlett Johansson in there. Um, it'd yeah. be pretty cool. Yeah, I'd be down with that. I would go see that movie. Um, the only negatives about this episode were the sky scenes. I would fast forward all the sky scenes if I could. Unfortunately, the way Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is structured, all important plots go through Sky. With Coulson and Sky teaming up to take down the clairvoyant, it's going to mean more focus on Sky again. Sigh. 
Overall, I enjoyed Yes Man better than last week's episode. So that's the end. Thank you, Thomas. Thomas, you're so sexist. Yeah, you just hate Scott, man. Yeah, why do you hate women so much, Thomas? No, but uh, I think, I really do think it'd be interesting if the clairvoyant turns out to be Rising Tide. You know, somehow they've managed to get pretty powerful and they have, you know, because it's this grassroots intelligence organization, or that's what we were led to believe in the in the first few episodes of the uh, of the season, you know, if if they have good intelligent capabilities and good hacking capabilities, they could potentially find out a bunch of information and make it seem like they're clairvoyant or they they know all these things that they shouldn't know, and that would also put Sky in an interesting position because then she would have to question, okay, to what extent can I trust Shield? Yeah, they're supposedly my new family, but at the same time, I used to belong to Rising Tide and I used to believe all of these things about how evil S.H.I.E.L.D. was. So maybe that would put her in an interesting position. Yeah, I, I can see that, man. And, um, you know, also, what happened to Centipede? You know, maybe it could be part of that. Um, you know, they built up quite a few things, you know, at this point. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the clairvoyant is. Um, I also noticed we got a cameo from Agent um, Sitwell in this yep. again. Um, so he was in there. Um that was pretty cool. I like these. I like these callbacks to things they've set up in the show's uh, past. Like that. That's always cool to me. Um, we do have some questions in the chat. Oh, before before you get to that, I just have a quick comment. I figured out what the title of that female Expendables in the Marvel Universe is going to be. Uh, well, since this episode was titled "Yes Men," obviously that would have to be titled "No Men." Right. Obviously. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Um, Here's another thing, too, uh, I thought was interesting. Um, Next week, they're taking a break, it looks like. Again? Yeah, it looks like, well, the preview I saw was for something about um, the Marvel Universe and, um, you know, how it relates to the movies, like the building of the Marvel Universe or something like that. Uh, It's a 60-minute show next week that I guess is supposed to, I don't know, tie all this stuff together. So. I don't think we're going to get a show. Uh, I guess we get a first look at Ultron or something. Well, maybe maybe we can still do a podcast next week and quickly report back on what that's like, if, if it is some weird special about how they tie it all together. That could be interesting. Yeah, and it makes me wonder, are they timing it out like this? Because I think, what, the 4th of April is when the uh, Captain America movie comes out? So I wonder if it if they're if it's gonna relate to the actual show and they're trying to get the timing, you know, where okay, this episode will be airing the same week as this uh movie comes out. Probably. But I feel like they could have planned that out another way. You know? Yeah, I'm tired of the breaks too. I don't I mean, yeah, there's nothing cool about these breaks. Yeah, assuming Agents of Shield comes back for a second season, they really need to figure out their schedule well in advance and have that under control. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, so we got questions in the chat. Um, I'll get to these. Terry says, how great was what Lorelai said to Melinda May? I'm guessing she's talking about the part where she says that um, it, it isn't her that he that Ward is, uh, has feelings for uh, after tonguing Ward down right in front of her. How great was that to you, Andrew? Oh, yeah, I thought that was a really great moment. Um, and I'm starting to wonder, like, okay, do you think Melinda May actually cares about Ward now or starting to have deep feelings for him. Yeah, I can't tell. She's so hard to read. You know, like some episodes will feel like, oh, okay, she must like him. 
And then like the next episode, she's like, I don't give a fuck. Like you can go. You're just some dick to me. So I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, I, and then like in this scene at the end where she's like dismissive, I'm like, well, maybe she's being this way to protect her own feelings. But then when he leaves, she kind of makes this look that, and the look isn't like one that's, oh no, I hurt his feelings. It's kind of like, uh, yeah, okay, whatever. Next thing. Yeah, she is hard to read. I, I suspect that maybe she is more hurt by that twist than she lets on. That's what I'm hoping that they were trying to display. Um, CMH says, uh, spoiler for Thor The Dark World, if Thor ended the movie on Earth, wouldn't Sif question why Odin, or Odin, quote-unquote, sent her instead of contacting Thor? Um, I don't think she... I think that her thing was that she doesn't question. Like, that was a big theme in this episode, was that Lady Sif does not question her orders. She knows she's a soldier, and she just does what it takes to get the job done. Yeah. I kind of wish, you know, that they had brought in some other people. Maybe not Thor, but why couldn't they bring in that Asgardian professor from uh, from the well? That moved to Seattle. Yeah, they could have they could have found some way to bring him back. Somebody uh, CMA says, so why did Loki die? Odin send Lady Sid Sith. Here's the thing: we don't know that that Loki is staying as Odin. We only know in Thor: The Dark World that he did that for that one scene to tell Thor to go to Earth. So he could change into anybody. And Odin is still alive and kicking up there. So he probably, you know, it's not like he has Odin like kidnapped or some shit. I think he's just manipulated Thor to kick, get him out of the realm so that he could like, you know, try to scheme without his brother being involved. Um, That being said, Thor and the real Odin are now going to be on the outs. Because as far as the real Odin knows, Thor just left Earth, left Asgard and went to Earth. Yeah, everybody says they assume he killed Odin. There's no scene where they show that he killed Odin, guys. And also, Odin can't just, like, die like that. Yeah. And, speak, and you know, the less said about Thor the Dark World, the better. I'll just, I'm just going to say that. I think maybe, maybe the reason people have so many questions is that that movie was not quite as coherent as it seemed to think it was. I mean, because he didn't kill Captain America and he turned into Captain America for a scene. Right. You know, he doesn't have That's to true. kill you to turn into you guys. I, I know it's uh, it was a pretty uh, heady movie that was over a lot of people's heads. <laughs> some of us just didn't get it. Yeah, some of you guys just didn't get it. Um, but but yeah, he, he, he doesn't have to kill uh, Odin to be Odin for that one scene. Because remember, right. it's just him and Thor. And uh, like I said, the real Odin's probably pissed at Thor. He's like, this dude just, I told him to stay his ass up here. I told him not to marry that Earth girl. And uh, he just left and went to fucking Earth. Like, so, uh, yeah. And also, you know, Thor is just one of the people in Asgard. So Lady Sif's a warrior and uh, they got some other people. So I can see why they would send her and not Thor necessarily. And, you know, especially if Thor's not on speaking terms with his dad. Last question. Uh, so with War telling Lorelai that May isn't the woman he truly loves, is there more potential for things to get messy the way you like, says Chuck Spears. Yes, Chuck Spears. Yes. Things are going to get sloppy now. So I'm, in, I'm, I'm invested. You know, you know how I want things to get sloppy, Rod? I want them to reintroduce the cellist. I want to meet the cellist and for her to become part of Colson's life again. That's how I want things to get messy. You know, there's this other thing I was thinking about that uh, we that we haven't really we don't know for sure, but Lorelai could be lying. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like she could just be That's lying. True. We we don't know that she's telling the truth. Um, you know, we have a lot of misdirect in this uh in this movie and this uh series. So, you know, she could just be full of shit and she could have just said that the make made mad. Um Did you and Gwen talk about that final scene with Melinda May? Yes, we did. But uh if you have okay. some thoughts, go ahead. Well, I was just thinking you know, if you th- if you want things to get really messy now, Rod, uh, Melinda May, we don't know who she's talking to. We don't know whose side she's really on. Apparently, she's been talking to Nick Fury or S.H.I.E.L.D. or she's kind of there to spy. If you want things to get messy, Rod, what better way to get information about what Coulson knows and what his plans are than to seduce him? Yeah, um, that's true. She did have some like uh, pretty inappropriate physical contact with uh, with Coulson when she touched his arm and convinced mm-hmm. him to go talk to Sky, which I thought was pretty cool because Lorelai used her feminine wiles by using her voice and then if it didn't work, touching the guy's arm. May kind of did that with Coulson in a friendlier way, but still she tried to convince him to tell her what was going on. He didn't do it. Then she said, um, well, go out and you go tell Scott. And she touched his arm, and he went and did it. That's a good point. That's a good point. Also, I feel like in general, Melinda May usually takes the opposite approach. She tends to touch and hit people first and talk later. Yeah, she does, uh, which is why she's a, a woman that I love. I'm, I'm a big fan of her. Um, I hurt my heart to see that she's a snitch. Uh, but there's a line earlier in the series, in, the, in that episode where she says, when people are being controlled, it's hard to tell friend from foe. So I'm mm-hmm. thinking maybe she was kind of hinting towards herself saying, like, I'm still on your guys' side, but I'm also being controlled and I have to do this. Right. Um, but, yeah, I thought that. Also, what do you think about this idea, right? She only had audio. So when when she hears Colson go on that rant about how he doesn't trust S.H.I.E.L.D. anymore, and then he wraps it up by saying, we're going to find the person responsible for this and make them pay. Physically, he's pointing to Sky's wounds. But if you just heard that, maybe May might even think he's talking about uh, Nick Fury. That is a good point. That is a very good point, yeah. So maybe now the S.H.I.E.L.D. administrators and the people up top the level eights and the level nine people, maybe they're going to start getting a little worried about what his plans are. Yeah, man. I was like, this could be uh, really interesting because it seems like, you know, knock on wood, don't want to jinx it. We might be getting our wish, man, where it's going to be Colson and the bus against all of S.H.I.E.L.D., where they're just the rogue S.H.I.E.L.D. team that uh, is, you know, going against protocol every week. So, uh, I would be a big fan of that, and uh, it seems like we're getting the makings of that. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. I'm I'm totally on board for that. All right, man. Uh, well, uh, before we get out of here, one last thing. Andrew, what do you think about the way that they've kind of salvaged the show since taking – I mean, I know they're taking these breaks, so obviously that sucks – but I would uh, think that the quality of the show in general has kind of picked up. What do you think about, you know, them salvaging, you know, this show so far? And uh, are you looking forward to the rest of this season? I would say I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. I would say overall, my opinion of the show hasn't changed very much. I still think it's very hit and miss. I still think it's very flawed a lot of the time. There are a lot of really good ideas that could potentially turn into something cool, But the show is so episodic 
and it still doesn't really feel like there's any sort of overarching story yet. Um, these episodes, of, you know, in these mysteries of the week, they they tend to touch on some larger things every now and then, but I still don't feel like it's a very serialized show that really, really knows what its ultimate goal and what its ultimate story is going to be. So I'm still in, I enjoy the show, but I wouldn't consider it you know a really fantastic show, and I still think that there is a lot of room for growth. You know, until we see where they're headed and what their ultimate goal is, it's hard to judge these episodes that we're in right now kind of in the in the middle, in the build up to the end of the season because we don't know what the plan is. And they're not really doing much, in my opinion, to reveal what their overall plan is. So I'm still kind of on the fence overall with a lot of things in the show. Overall, I enjoy it, and it's I, I consider it kind of fun escapist entertainment, but nothing really groundbreaking here. Okay, cool, man. Um, what about you? Has your opinion improved? I think so, because I think um, the breaks are really fucking annoying, by the way. Like, I can't stress that enough. But yeah. I feel like the quality of the show has improved. Like, where I'm in, we're ending up with a three-week break, and then we get an episode, like... Those episodes to me are like a B or a, a minus or something now, where before I would say they were the episodes are more like C plus B minus type of episodes. Um, so I feel like the uh, and then like last night's I felt was like an A, um, like they're learning from their mistakes of hey we got a crossover episode, uh, but not really, you know, like they, this one that like I don't think anyone left this episode and go went well they totally didn't deliver on the Sif cameo right. So I feel like it's a progressing, but uh, yeah, same thing as you. Like even with my positive attitude, I feel like I can't really confirm anything until we see the ending and where all of this was headed. Because there's still a possibility that they blow the ending, and then I just I'll, I'll hate this entire series, you know? Right. And I just want to point out, Rod, we said there's not going to be an episode next week. Actually, I'm looking it up online now. I don't think there's going to be another episode until April 1st. So we've got another three week break. And yeah, it's just, you know, it's so episodic when the show is being released. How can we be expected to keep up and to really feel invested in a lot of these plot lines and a lot of these characters if we're only getting to spend time with them once every three or four weeks, you know? You, you know, you've been reviewing movies and TV uh, much longer than I have. Has this ever happened before? This is very, very rare. I'm not sure what the what the issue is. I don't know if they just didn't anticipate how long it was going to take to film each episode of this series or if the kind of mixed reaction to it made them have to return to the drawing board to rethink some things so I don't know what's going on this it, I, I certainly I haven't been reviewing TV as long as I've been reviewing film but this is pretty unusual most of the time on TV shows have their schedules pretty much figured out they know all right we're gonna air X amount of episodes in this amount of time and then we're gonna take a break and then we're gonna come back and air this amount of episodes. Uh, on a weekly basis and th yeah this this everything with agents of shield is just getting really really 
irritating. Like there is a part of my brain that just wants to say, okay, guys, if this is what you're going to do, just go ahead, take two months off, you know, take two months off, but just make it so when you come back, you have all the rest of the of the season ready to go. I would much prefer that than this very, very episodic three to four week break thing. According to the CMH in the chat room, he says, uh, April 1st, the episode is called The End of the Beginning, and April 8th is the finale. No, I don't think it's the finale. That's only episode 17. And that that's the thing here is, you know, it feels like we've been watching this show forever, Rod. We've only seen 15 episodes. That's how many episodes have aired since September. And it's supposed to be, um, like, 22 or something like that? Yeah, they're supposed to be 22. So unless they ch- – I mean, maybe they changed that. Maybe they – brought it down and they limited it and I just didn't hear about it but I'm pretty sure that there's supposed to be 22 episodes now the episode on April 8th turn 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 I'm assuming that that's the final episode of this four episode long arc thing that they've got going this up agents of shield uprising thing that they have going on but as far as I'm aware there should be more episodes after that too yeah, hopefully they're just stretching that shit out for um to because it has something to do with the 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 movie. I really right. hope that's the reason, and it's not just more production delays. But yeah, they're killing their own momentum, man. And this is why I'm more excited about Marvel stuff that's coming to Netflix than I am about uh, this show at this point. Because at least with the Marvel stuff that comes to Netflix, it's just hey, here's 13 episodes of Daredevil, right? Go enjoy that. They're done. As opposed to this, where it's like, okay, we might be back in a month, or we might be back uh, two weeks from now, or whatever. So yeah, but uh, yeah. Anyway, um, I'm enjoying the episodes more. I wish almost that um, I could not watch it and then just watch it all at once on Netflix. And I feel like I would like really, really, really love this show. But um, you know, we're just not in a position to do that because they keep releasing them all stupid and shit. And who knows? Maybe I would enjoy the show more at this point if it had more momentum. But it, I feel like every time this show airs, it, there, there's no longer any momentum. I mean, say what you will about the earlier episodes. Yeah, some of them I think were pretty terrible, and the show is definitely still hit and miss. But it still felt like they were headed somewhere. And now when I have to wait three or four episodes, or three or four weeks to get an episode, I kind of feel like, okay, we got an episode. Is this going somewhere? I don't know. I can't really feel it anymore you know all right well i think that'll wrap it up for this episode of the agents of shield cast write it in and let us know what you thought of yes men and what you think of the podcast uh, you can email us at shieldcast at filmgeekradio.com or comment on the website at filmgeekradio.com you can also leave us a voicemail through the website or you can call us at 336-793-2509 be sure to subscribe to us through itunes and stitcher and if you like the show please write us a review that really helps us out a lot and if you really really like the show and you'd like to financially support us Please go to filmgeekradio.com, click the support tab, the support tab, and uh, click the donate button to donate a couple bucks our way. That money really helps us out, and, and all the money goes towards helping us pay for hosting and bandwidth and covering all of the other costs that come with producing the show. We also have an affiliates page that you can use to visit to visit some of our partners, including Amazon. And anything you purchase from our affiliates, if you use filmgeekradio.com as the portal to get there, we will get a small percentage of whatever you spend. So you can go ahead and head on over to Amazon, buy some Marvel gear, pre-order Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on DVD or Blu-ray, and uh, anything you purchase, that helps us out at the same time. So uh, we really appreciate that. 
And as always, be sure to check out other great shows on Film Geek Radio, including Cinema Fix, The Thin Place. And we're just wrapping up our podcast all about the first season of True Detective, uh, Detect This. It's been a very successful podcast. It's been a lot of fun to do that show. So be sure to check that out as well. Rod, where can people find more of your work? Um, TheBlackGuyWhoTips.com, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Podomatic. Just search The Black Guy Who Tips. Uh, appreciate everybody that take, takes time out to come over and listen to us. We do a comedy show five days a week. The motto of the show is nothing's wrong if it's funny. Follow me on Twitter. I'm Rodimus Prime. And my live tweeting account for TV shows such as Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and True Detective, etc. cetera, uh, is Rod Live Tweets. You can find my film criticism over at moviemezdine.com, and you can find some of my TV writing over at patheos.com. I'm also currently reviewing season two of Hannibal over at craveonline.com every week, so be sure to check out my reviews of Hannibal over there. And you can always find me co-hosting a few other podcasts on Film Geek Radio, including Cinema Fix and Detect This. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at writerandrew. I hope you do so, so we can keep talking about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That'll wrap it up for this episode, Agents Disassemble. This has been a Film Geek Radio production. Film Geek Radio! Yeah!